cuss or no? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Please. Share whatever, share whatever the fuck you okay, want. Okay, cool. Please. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> this will be airing at 10 a.m. on PBS. <laughs> <laughs> right after Mr. Rogers' Neighbor. <laughs> yep. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 500s. Buckle up and get your fucking Captain Crunch, motherfuckers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to PBS, 10 a.m. <laughs> this is the 500 Greatest Fucking Films Podcast. I don't like it. That's too know, much. It's too That's much. already too this long like of a, a name. Zack Snyder movie too <laughs> edgy. Uh, my name is Hector Navarro. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films pod- Podcast. My, uh, sitting across from me is my good buddy, Mr. <laughs> Keller Knobloch. Say hi, Keller. <laughs> is that because it's killer sheep? No. You, no. I did not mean to do that. I did not mean to do that. It was just a weird hi. intro because we were doing the PBS intro. Um, hi, our how's guest, it going? It's going good, man. Good. <laughs> It does feel weird with these headphones that are broken. I got the bad headphones this week. We'll f- I'll Just fix take it. off I'll fix the it. one ear. No, it's fine. No, take off the it's one okay, ear. It's okay. Then You'll it'll be, be happier. Like this? Yeah. No, because then I can hear myself even less. No, you can't. This is weird. No, nope, okay. I'm doing this. This is All better. Right. This is better. <clears throat> I want Our- you to know you sound great and you're doing great. Thank you, man. Thanks. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Our guest today is a really, really good buddy of ours, and he came in the clutch and in helped clutch. us out because we had a, um, a previously booked guest who called in sick. We've had like how many previously booked I guests know, for this I know. podcast? I know. It's, 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 it, that's part Not of it. It's part of it. But we're going to get uh, our previous guest, Marina Mastro. She's already booked for something later, so we'll have Marina back, and we're looking forward to that. That's going to be great, and we uh, hope that she gets over her being sick soon. Um, but Keller and I used to be her roommate and she has a terrible immune system and gets sick all the time. So, so sorry, Marina, best of luck. Marina, get better. Best, Marina, of, yeah. best better. of luck. Best of luck. Get better. <laughs> better luck. Uh, but our guest today, uh, thankfully came in short notice, but he's a good buddy of ours. You know him from the internet. You've seen him on hyper RPG on tons of stuff all over the place. You just did a, a super Mario, super Nintendo land yeah, reaction, reaction yeah. to this trailer that universal studios put yeah. out. So that's up on there right now. And I'm going to get your official title here. You are the assistant art director. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty fancy. Pretty I up know. there. At Turn Me Up Games, yeah. Naeem Stewart is joining us. Naeem, thank you so much for thank being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Honor. This, is, honor. This, is, this is exciting. <laughs> so this is much. And this, this also um, means that you get to pick whatever movie you want. Yep. Year. Sweet. Usually, whenever we have a pal, uh, like when it's like last second, la- you know, like, oh, we have this movie and uh-huh. it, like the guest fell through or, or nobody had chose it or whatever, um, they usually get first dibs for like a, like a more fun movie next, uh, next go around. Okay. I already yeah. know one. All right. I don't, I don't know if you want me to tell you. Oh, okay. Well, actually, that's part of it. Hang okay. on to that. All right. So, Naeem, we finally have you on the podcast. Uh, we have two traditions okay. on the podcast. The first one is Keller is going to tell us what movie we're talking about in the next a little bit. Because there's a little blurb in the magazine. I'm just going to read a little blurb in the, in the magazine. magazine. The second tradition is you. By the end of the episode, we're going to ask you to contribute any movie in the world. Here you are right there. I can go ahead and mark this to we are recording it. But you're going to contribute any movie you want ever because we're creating a new list of the 500 greatest movies ever that we're asking our guests because it's one thing to go through oh, this man. list and that's I know. cool. Yeah. So no pressure. So here's some of the, here's some <laughs> but of it the, can be any movie ever. It can yeah. be a movie that is like, well, no shit. This is one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. Or right. it can be a movie that you personally love and want to champion. Maybe mm-hmm. not enough people have yeah. seen it. So I'll give you but some it examples. Can be any movie ever. Uh, our last guest, Amy Vorpal, she picked October sky. 
Before then, Chelsea Pine, she picked Princess Diaries. Before then, Emma Fife picked Jojo Rabbit. Tons of great guests. Adam Lavick picked Peanut Butter Falcon this for this past year. Really? He loved that movie so much. Um, I'm trying to list some people that you know. Dustin Butler picked Attack the Block. That's great. great um, uh, 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 who else? Who else? Who else? Who do, who do we got? Who like do we just got? earlier, you were telling us one of your favorite movies from last year. It can be that. Yeah. That's it not what I'm going to pick, but that is a great choice, too. See? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, we but can, we'll, we'll ask you about that, we're, too. We're going to ask you. We'll even get some of your like runners up and just like any good movies you've seen lately. That's always I just like, want to hear the about fun. movies you love, Nate. Yeah. yeah. That's always the most fun part of the conversation. Truly. For sure. The vehicle of this podcast. That's what it is. That's what it is. So, first tradition, let's get going. Keller, you're going to read to us the blurb from Empire Magazine from the year 2008 on the list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. Keller, and he's going to do it in a stuffy British guy voice. Okay. Because it's a yeah. British magazine. Keller, what movie were we talking about today? 398, <laughs> Killer of Sheep, 1977. Director, Charles Burnett. A landmark in both black and indie cinema, this is a plotless portrait of an African-American L.A. family built around mundane activities but told with wit, pathos, and stunning black-and-white imagery. Pathos. 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 It's like natural. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reaction we love. Man, I miss hanging out because I feel like I used to see Naeem way more when I was doing more stuff at Hyper or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Yeah. And it's so fun hanging out with you because yeah. it is. Th- there's nothing better than cracking you up. Yeah. There's nothing better, man. Why? I, I, so I just, I'm just a normal person just I know. laughing. It's great. <laughs> it's just that nobody else, I guess, thinks Keller and I are funny. So this what? should be good. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> Best audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So, yeah, we're talking this movie. Killer of Sheep. Now, Keller and I had never seen it. You had never seen it. No, I've never seen it. And Keller and I never heard of it. Have you mm. ever heard of this movie before no. today? No, I've never heard of it. I, the only thing that I knew about the film when I was watching it is that shot I was talking about yeah. with the, the kids jumping from yeah. the It's cool that you, did p- you picked it out immediately. Yeah, well, did yeah, you recognize that. it? Yeah, because uh, that's I wow. listened to that album most definitely called Escapism. Yeah, The uh, Escapist? Escapist. Uh, it, it, I think he's, wait, what was it? Hang on. I just looked it up. I think you're right. It's we'll the, never know. You never know with the internet. Um, oh my god! Wow. Most deaf. Wait, it's right there. Hang on. Uh, the ecstatic. Ecstatic. Sorry. Ecstatic. Yeah. Ecstatic, uh, yeah. I've listened to that album a lot in high school. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Dang. No, to college. Yeah. yeah. Most deaf is so good. Most deaf is great. Yeah, and I, I remember seeing that cover a lot every mm-hmm. time I played on my iTunes or whatever. So it just I was just like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah platoon together so it's like we're watching the the movie it's in black and white and there's a scene where um kids are jumping from like one roof to another roof in this little tiny alleyway of like an apartment complex yeah apartment complex as kids do and Mm. it was like shot from below and kids are just jumping did you do that as a kid and you jump across apartment no dude but i did jump off of my house's like roof and then i broke my arm Oh, oh see, you landed riding. Oh. These kids yeah, are way yeah. better at it. Yeah. That's what they're learning. <laughs> Die. You, you tried to do it once. Like, Ow. How long was the fall? Uh, well, it was, like a, it was like a half story. Were you trying uh, to be Spider-Man? No, I died. Uh, I definitely <laughs> fell on my Were you trying to be Spider-Man, though? No. Why did you jump off a roof? 
Were you trying to be Superman? Because it was a fun, dumb thing that me and my friends were doing in my backyard. Did the, any of them break a limb? No. No? Just me. So mm. they all jumped and they, <laughs> they were fine. fine. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah. You want to hear the story? Right. I'll tell you the story real I quick. I want to yes. know the story. Yeah, I, yes. so I, I didn't ever. <laughs> I didn't know just, you've broken a limb. I've known you for how many years? Just, you're just, supposed to tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every childhood injury. Yeah. Just to sum up. We're watching the movie Killer of Sheep, and again, these kids are jumping, and Naeem immediately recognizes the uh, the scene because mm. the one still is used as the album cover for Mo's Death, right. except it was also tinted red mm. is the album cover. And as soon as you pointed that out, you're like, that's a Mo's Death album. And Keller, you were like, yeah, I think you're right. And then I like looked it up, and, and, and then that's what it was. So when I was a kid, I had my friends over. I had a house, and then I had a backyard, and then in the backyard, it went down another level, and then there was like a little like concrete patio thing, so it was sort of like house, right, like grass, and then down for this little patio thing, but this little patio thing had a roof on it, so we were jumping from the roof to the grass, but it wasn't a full story, it was like a half a story, does that make sense? Yeah. So jumping from that- five feet? Maybe, yeah, okay. maybe, maybe okay. that, maybe you know. Again, mm-hmm. when I think about my kid memories, I'm like, it was 40 feet, <laughs> like it was like forever. Mm-hmm. I bet you, if I revisited, I don't even know if it's still standing. Let's go back. Let's backyard. go first remote. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I went to my childhood home in Chula Vista, California, on Hilltop Court, everybody loves like, remote podcasting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that. I'm sure I could go. Hey, there you guys and be like, can't oh. see it, but uh, <laughs> believe me, know. we're definitely where we were talking about. But it was high enough to where I did break my arm. So the ju- the the story goes. Me and my buddies were jumping. Jump onto your like, arm? Onto the grass, onto the grass. This is what happened. So for one jump, I turned to my 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 friend and I was like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna mess with my other friend. Hey, 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 I bet you I'm gonna break my arm. And as as we all got up there, it was like four of us or five of us. I was like, okay, we're gonna jump on three. Ready? One, two, three. And then I didn't, but they all jumped. What an asshole. And then as they came back up, I got so scared, as you do when you when you're a kid and you prank somebody. Yeah. How old were that you? I was like, I was like this was third grade. Okay. So how old am Nine. I in third grade? Nine. Eight, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I got into school a little bit early because uh-huh. I, I was born in September. So I'm Fucking eight years old. Nerd. Yep. And again, this explains why I'm not good at sports. Eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Don't put a four-year-old yeah. in with a bunch of exactly. five and six-year-olds. Exactly, dude. That was, the, that was the deal. I'm calling you out. San Diego Public Schools. <laughs> they should have held me back a year, and then I would have been owning that fucking oh, man. soccer yeah. field. Just owning it. Uh, so eight years old. And when my friends came back up, I got scared and I was like, okay, guys, no more joking. Like, I, we, we really are going to all jump at once. And I got so scared. And they're like, okay. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. My friends aren't going to mess with me. And they so pushed then, you. Oh, <laughs> man, no. So then when we jumped one, two, three, and we all jumped, except they didn't, obviously. Yeah. So midair, I turn. I'm like, what? And then I like landed oh, on my arm. I thought oh. I had friends. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and I land. And then the best part of the story is my mom immediately put ice on my arm. Because she knew that if you get a broken bone, it will swell and kind of look black and purple-ish. Mm-hmm. But because she immediately put ice on it, no swelling. So then she like wrapped it in kind of like a bandage. And I had it for days, like three, four days. And I kept being like, my mom, my arm still hurts. My arm still hurts. We finally went to the doctor. And as soon as the doctor was like, yep, you uh, broke your arm. Like it split down right down the middle, you know, uh, yeah, the, like a little hairline fracture. As soon as the doctor pointed that out, I remember as a kid looking right at my mom, just like, you motherfucker, like you piece of... You kept me from a cast that yeah. my friends could sign. Yeah, exactly. Um, did your friend sign a cast? Yeah, it was my right arm. What color cast did you get? At first, I got blue because I was like, cool, it's like a boy. Mm-hmm. 
it's like a boy color, but yeah, then yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so you're dark. doing a baby reveal. So, so you're like, what yeah. color? <laughs> my arms are boy. <laughs> but it was so dark that like my friends couldn't sign it. And, and I regret not going with a white cast. So then I went back and got cast? it yellow. Yellow. So it was like a dorky yellow. Yeah, it was gross. Who gets yellow cast? A kid oh, who originally had not. a blue. <laughs> what and, kept the and blue? was like, I don't know. Oh, get a silver Sharpie. Didn't <laughs> exist know, right? That was my Didn't mistake. Exist yet. So, there were so that only was, black Sharpies back then. That was yeah. the story. And thankfully, none of the kids in this movie broke their arm, even though there were multiple well, moments. No, we saw a kid that probably did, and he was like weeping <laughs> on a roof. Like, yeah. That was like right after yeah, the, really. the roof jumping yeah. scene. There's then, a kid just yeah. like, I think I, I think I hurt myself yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> you don't hear him say that, but yeah. he's definitely crying a lot. There's a kid who puts and his kids head. kids are throwing rocks at him. Uh, yep. I know. And then there's a kid who, there's lots of rock throwing. In lots of rock throwing. And there's a kid who put his head down on the train tracks. He's like, push. And all the other kids are trying to push the train. Push the train over my head. <laughs> like, this what? is what happened before in video this games. This is what toys yep. are. This is like. What toys are, and so, people are like video games start violent, and like yeah, no man, boredom starts violence. <laughs> they were having rock wars. Mm-hmm. They were throwing rocks at each other. So we normally open it up with we're going to start with our guest Naeem. Naeem, uh-huh. give us your overall thoughts having seen this movie kind of for the first time. Uh, what you think, positive, negative? Do you think it should be one of the five hundred greatest movies ever? Uh, just give us your overall thoughts. I think it should be because okay. it's it's. It's an interesting film because it shows generally just how poverty is dealing with it on a daily break on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the scenes that really hit me, it was a, towards the beginning when the father Stan, he uh, his his friend he was he was working on something on the floor and his friend was talking to him a bit and then he asked him, "Hey, uh, they were talking about he was going to kill himself or whatever." Mm-hmm. Uh, and his friend was like, "Did you go to church?" Mm-hmm. And that hit me a lot because in the uh, African American community, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with some type of mental illness or depression, or depression, yeah, you they automatically assume that going to church is your therapy, which you're not is right with bad. Uh, yeah. Instead of going to a professional, you know, therapist, uh, and that was one of the things that we still deal with now nowadays, mm-hmm. where um, you they prefer you going to church rather than getting help mm-hmm. uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. So. That's just one of the things that really touched me and like threw me a back bear. I'm like, oh man, this is such a massive thing that we as a society still need to deal with yeah. to make it as a better priority. Yeah. You know? And it was it was the seventies. Yeah. And so I'm sure that uh because the little that I know about like the history of therapy mm-hmm. is that I mean it's still stigmatized today mm-hmm. but it would started to become destigmatized like in the 80s yeah. like people going like oh you should go see therapy and seek therapy and look at counselors and all this sort of thing so I can imagine you know early 70s late 70s because the movie w- itself was shot in like 72 73 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just like on weekends over a couple of years as kind of like a like a student For project. film school yeah exactly so um yeah, I can imagine that uh, that that was the culture. Yeah, did you go to church? Yeah, yeah. yes, me, yes. I, I no, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great. We yeah. we are filming this on Sunday, yeah, so that's yeah. great. Uh, but um, yeah, I thought that that was really interesting too. And uh, and I liked how you talked about how it it uh, you know what struck me was Naeem, You mentioned it's like looking at poverty mm-hmm. and sort of lower class people economically. Yeah. And the thing I really really thought was striking in the movie is the scene where again stan the main character ish mm-hmm. the dad he's like i'm not poor yeah 
that whole conversation where he goes, you could, you want to see somebody poor? Go see this dude. Yeah. This is what he's got to deal with. And he's eating food that he picks he's out like, of. Sure, I have nothing sometimes. Yeah, but, but, we, right. but we give to, what did you say? We, we give, give to the Salvation Army. Salvation you don't Army. give to the Salvation Army if you're poor. Yeah, that I was like. Which yeah. is, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, so de- the movie's about him being so depressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's still like clinging to mm-hmm. some idea of trying to be. A, a middle class, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because and, there's the guy that's like, man, you've been working your entire life, mm-hmm. and what do you have to show for it? Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting. There's no real progression of it getting better for him no, either dude. throughout the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> when he would do any any type of event that he was doing, it would just backfire at that towards the end. Like mm-hmm. say with the uh, going out with his family and friends to the, I guess to the racetrack or a beach or whatever they were going to. Mm-hmm. They got in the car and then towards uh, in the middle of the trip they got a flat tire. And because of poverty, mm-hmm. no spare tire, had to go back home and then, you know, or they're just scrounging for as much money as they can yeah. to get an engine for a right. truck. Yeah. And then and at then the end of that, the engine broke and they you know, break the engine yeah. and now he's, he doesn't have a car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh yeah, that stuff was tough, yeah. but it, it's, I, I, again, kind of looking up what some of the, the background of the movie was, is that that's how people describe the film is that it doesn't it almost feels like it doesn't have a narrative mm-hmm. the way that we're used to seeing in movies it's very slice of life it's very you know at the end of the film yeah does anything happen to stan does stan progress does he change does he does that character evolve does uh, you know but i don't know if that's like, not the point killer yeah. of sheep it's like yeah. society just keeps people in one place it yep. does not allow them to progress and so they die Mm-hmm. not being able to do anything for themselves. Did you guys see that? Even thing? though they work their entire lives. Yeah. I saw a thing on Twitter a couple of days ago and it kind of it kind of got me good. It was somebody said the thing people need to understand about poverty is like you are closer to being out on the street homeless than you are to being you're just like a couple of steps away from that than you are to being a billionaire or even a millionaire. And people don't understand that. People think that like you know, becoming a millionaire and having a bunch of money is so obtainable. It's when like the reality you're is a no car accident mm. or a disease yep. away yep. from being nothing. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Literally like, being out in the street, a bunch of really, really bad things happen and, you know, bad luck and stuff. And then you're, and then you're there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So overall thoughts, did you enjoy the movie? Did you, is there a thing you didn't like about it? I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's just that it was just a shot at reality. Yeah. <laughs> just dealing with that. Uh, killer sheep is pretty much life. <laughs> I know and it's even done in like kind of a documentary style yeah yeah you know yeah. and I feel like a lot of the actors are amateur actors meaning I think that the director was just going around and just maybe just shot a bunch of kids mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm how do, how would his, how would that be the director just watching kids throw rocks at each other it's probably yeah, just his just, neighborhood he probably did like that initial yeah, yeah. scene where that's probably staged where they're throwing rocks at that piece of wood that they're using as a shield yeah, yeah. but like I don't know. Like if how, he grew how, up there. Like I, grew, I fucking had rock wars. That's the thing I did as a kid, <laughs> guys. The guys, closest thing I've I'm had to here that to is, say, yeah, I've thrown rocks at other human beings, <laughs> and uh, I've had rocks thrown at me. Uh, I mean, probably. I can't remember. I remember <coughs> we were talking about this a lot. I've killed watching so many ten year olds. All dead. I'm the, I was the strongest ten year old. It's what uh, you had to do to survive. Oh, we had to play outside. <laughs> well, I played outside. I had a bike. I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Keller, you played outside. Name you played outside. Yeah, hey, I had a bike too. Yeah, yeah. I, my first bike was a street shark bike. The street sharks, the what? blue bike. Yeah, I love street sharks growing up. That's fucking yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. And 
They should bring that back. They should bring back. How would they? Show. How would they bring that back? Live action street no. show. Oh god, no! Yes. I think no, easy. I want terrifying giant <laughs> jaws. Same. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's how you bring it back. Because Street Sharks was obviously trying to be Ninja Turtles. Yes. But at least with Ninja Turtles, people forget that the Ninja Turtles were supposed to be like five foot five. Mm-hmm. So the scenes where the Ninja Turtles have like, which is why they were relatable to me. Yeah, they were shorties. <laughs> the scenes where they had like like uh, detective hats and trench coats means that they could blend in with people. Mm-hmm. Like Street Sharks could never do that because they were so fucking huge. Yeah. So here's how you bring it back as like a modern day reboot: is okay. you just really they wear mascots. You you slim costumes. them. In. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You slim them down. To make it so that they're still mutated, they're still four brothers that were mutated into sharks. Mm-hmm. But you make it so that like they could still wear like mostly human clothing and pants and shirts without you know okay. they'll still have kind of have like a big sort of like shark head. And it's also fin. the furry yeah. generation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so make as I'm saying, make them a little sexy. Yeah. You know, make them a little sexy. They were already pretty the fucking big sexy. Slamu <laughs> will still have to be a little bit big, but make them big like. Oh my you know, god! I forgot one of them's name was Slamu. <laughs> so oh my goodness. Was it you an know? orca? No, he was a whale shark. Okay. Yeah, but they did have an orca who was like a bad guy. Oh, I forgot man. the orca, so, orca <laughs> character's name. We don't fuck with mammals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Slamu. It was one of them, I think, was like Ripster. I Ripster think, I think sounds was the, about right. Was Hammerhead something. I, I think the Hammerhead's name was like... Slammer. Like, like T-Bone or something. Or right. am I thinking of SWAT Cats? Now I'm going to look up all oh their names. God. SWAT cats? This is I don't even nuts. know about that one. You don't remember you SWAT, SWAT cats? cats? I've never Bros. seen SWAT cats. Were well, they brothers, right? I didn't yeah. have yeah. cable yeah. for a while. Street Sharks was not played on cable channel. It was like, I always watch it in the mornings, like around our, not mm-hmm. monsters, uh, mummies, the mummies alive show. Oh yeah. yeah. Here's, here, here's what their names. Ripster. Ripster was the main one. Who okay. was like a great, great white. white shark. Yeah. yeah. Jab. Was uh, Jab. uh the uh, the hammerhead? Okay, Jabberjaw. He was like obviously a, he a was reference. A, a boxer. Who was the tiger shark? Brown the tiger shark. shark's name was Streaks. Okay, with an X. <laughs> Fuck, dude, what a badass. Yep, Streaks was Bobby, and uh, uh, <laughs> and then Big Slamu was the was the whale shark. Big Slamu, and their father was. Dr. Robert Bolton. <laughs> Not as cool. Not as cool. And then they're, li- they're, they're, okay, those are their allies. Wait, wait, wait. Killer Whale. Need to do anymore. Killer Whale was a character named Moby Lick. Yikes. That was Did the it Killer lick Whale. people? I, I imagine. Moby Lick? The best, like, part is you lick. the best part is their bad guys were Dr. Pyranoid, uh, uh, Pyranoid. Tentakill, Sharkbot, Slobster, Slash, Killamari, Slobster. Is it Reptile. Like a- Shrimp Louie. It's a giant lobster who doesn't clean up after I don't remember himself. the lobster. Lobster, yeah. <laughs> we got to rewatch anyway, it. He probably didn't, wasn't received yeah. well. Like, we got to <laughs> not do lobster Jeez. again. That was, you know what's sad is I had a Ninja Turtles bike when I was a kid and it got stolen out of my backyard. And what I was the pretty fuck? devastated. I never uh, had a themed yeah. bicycle. Yeah, what's dude? happening? Themed yeah. bicycles are dope. Yeah. They high five because of their themed bicycles. <laughs> and I'm well, over the, here the, sad. The thing about it for when I had that uh, Street Shark bike is... Uh, because of the neighborhood we lived in, mm-hmm. uh, so the Street Sharks bike at the front of it had like this little uh, plaque or yeah, whatever the that showed thing, yeah. the characters. I remember. Mm-hmm. And as as soon as I opened my present, or uh, as soon as they gave it to me, my mm-hmm. dad removed that because he didn't want to get it stolen. Really, and that was one of the things that he would have to do extra work to prevent my unhappiness. I guess I could put yeah. it like that. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was like, why is he taking it off? But 
I didn't really question because he's my daddy. He's like really big. But so, then, but then later you learn it's because he didn't want it to get stolen. Yeah, yeah, man. And you probably yeah. saw the. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe this shouldn't be on this bicycle. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Just bring the attention to the bike. Like, oh, ooh, what's that kid riding? I want yeah. that. You know. Well, it's so funny because we all grew up on opposite sides of the country, different places. Mm. I grew up in San Diego. Keller grew up in Texas, and Naim, you grew up in Queens. Yeah. And there are still things that are relatable in Killer of Sheep, mm-hmm. even though that's a 70s childhood. We all threw rocks at we each other. We all threw rocks <laughs> from aco- across That's so the relatable. We all yeah. try to push trains over each other. Uh, yeah, because it's just, you know, it's just like little slice of life stuff. Um, so, name any other sort of final thoughts? Anything else you wanted to point out in your review? We'll get Keller's thoughts, my thoughts, and then, I mean, we've kind of just been discussing it, but anything else stood out to you for the movie? Um, the beginning scene when the, I don't, it wasn't Stan, it was another father, I guess, that mm-hmm. was just, uh, talking to his child and I guess the child was in trouble or something like that. And I, it brought me back <laughs> a lot of just being, you know, chastised as for my, yeah. my mom or dad and my father would be in that, have that same tone of mm-hmm. just, you know, get your shit together and, mm-hmm. you know, don't do that and whatnot. And, and just don't, and don't let me, cause it was like. Don't tell me that you or somebody else started the fight. I don't care. You yeah. should have taken care of your little brother. Yes. Yeah. So I had a lot of uh, memories of dealing with that with my little sister or my little cousin who yep. was pretty much like a brother. And I, being the oldest child, had to protect them and make sure they're good in case, you know, something like that happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. And that was a um, that was a, a really interesting scene because the dad was the one chastising him. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he walked out of the room... The mom came in mm. and slapped the son. Yeah. yeah. Which I was like, oh, I thought she was going to be good cop. No. Yeah. Well, no. For me, it was reverse for that. So I would yeah. get sometimes chastised by my mom and then sometimes beat. And then mm-hmm. once she tells my dad, it's like, I That's get beat again. It's, so like, yeah. it sucks. it's like, it depends on if she's going to tell dad. Yeah, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I got one punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we're going to get a second <laughs> round. Let's see how far this oh. is going to yeah. go. I, I remember when I was young, uh, I was stupid. Uh, was I a, was also stupid. I, I remember when, uh, so we had a big garage in the back, mm-hmm. and uh, my mom usually parked her car in the garage. So mm-hmm. she would, you know, park the car in front of the garage, get out, and we had we didn't have an automatic garage back then. We had to pull it up manually. Mm-hmm. So she got out of the car, put of course put the car in a park and whatnot, and she got out to open the garage. Mm-hmm. Me being stupid was like I want to drive, and uh, no. I got in the driver's seat, no. and of course I knew nothing about driving, but. I immediately pushed to go, but because she put it in park, she it it didn't just go anywhere. It. Yeah, she just revved it, and of course, it still scared the shit of my mom. Yeah, and she got a she, you know, what the fuck, and she parked car in the garage, took me upstairs, ass whooping of a lifetime, ah. <laughs> and of course, uh, my room was next to my bedroom, and my dad was sleeping, so mm-hmm. I got my ass beat, of course, like I said, and maybe an hour or so later. My dad woke up mm. and I uh, came in the room, whooped me again. Oh my God. I didn't wake him. He sleeps yeah. through yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he was up, but I, I know he was in the bedroom anything. sleeping at the time. Oh but uh, yeah, he's just, oh, just trying to get to sleep. Yeah, those butt whoopings are terrible. Yeah, God. man. Ugh. Ugh. But look at us now. Yeah. We're still traumatized <laughs> we by it. What are you talking so. about? It made me the man I am today. <laughs> it definitely worked. Oh, man. It made me the man I am today. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Keller, give us your overall thoughts on Killer of Sheep. 
Uh, butt weapons are bad. <laughs> butt weapons are bad. Don't give your mm-hmm. kids butt weapons. Before actually, yeah. Here's an interesting thing. I want to read this real quick. Okay. Uh, not the street sharks Before info. We get to get to my overall thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Something please, interesting. To please say. get to your overall thoughts. Please <laughs> like, get to your thoughts. Overall. What I was gonna say wasn't gonna be interesting enough. So Hector has something interesting <laughs> to say. <laughs> uh, just kidding. This movie. This movie is great. Yeah. And yeah. it definitely does belong to be on the list. I, I don't I, know. I, like, I, I want to so. see some other Charles Burnett movies Me now, too. though. Me too. Especially if this I is his first. Yeah. yeah. This is this director's first film. And this it was something that... fucking beautiful. And, it, and yeah. the music is so fucking so great. good. Mm-hmm. Heard that earth, wind, and fire. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons the movie was... It was so all was, over the place, too, but... Unknown and sort of in obscurity for thirty years is because he because of the music he did not get the 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 rights to the music mm-hmm. to the soundtrack because so it the, was just going to be a film school yeah. thesis mm-hmm. yeah and it premiered in some theater in oh crap I can't remember where I can look it up but it it didn't get a wide release because of that it was uh, uh, in nineteen seventy seven he submitted it and um, he intended to make a film of he intended to make the film a history of African-American music and filled it with music from a variety of genres and different eras. And he also kept a stable job while he was doing the movie Killer of Sheep, spending his time working at an agency reading scripts and synopses. That's crazy. That's good. Um, yeah, let me look up the release real quick. Where does it say that? Distribution. So, uh, only existed on worn 16-millimeter prints. The film was restored and enlarged to 35 millimeter by the UCLA Film and Television Archive and Milestone Films, thanks in part to a donation from Steven Soderbergh. And the soundtrack, which had not been licensed, was paid for at a cost of over $150,000. So it technically got its like theatrical release in 2007. But the music cost yeah. more than the budget now. Yeah, because yeah. the budget was 100000 The equivalent today would be they shot it for less than ten grand. Over those couple of years, okay. so they they did the math, and in 2016, that number amount would be like thirty six thousand oh, dollars, okay. which is still yeah. really still, little for a movie. movie. Yeah, it but so good. Though. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to read too off of Wikipedia is very interesting. Is uh, a bunch of people who a bunch of critics who like praised the movie were comparing it to all of these different filmmakers, a lot of Italian filmmakers and and influences and styles. And this critic, uh, Sat Yajit Ray, said, it's hard to overemphasize how strange and ambitious and completely out of context it was for a black urban filmmaker with no money and no reputation to make that kind of movie in 1977. So, and in in the year 1990... Man, I don't know if I've seen... Like a movie from then about depression like this movie was. Yeah, it was not overt. Yeah. It was definitely subtle. Uh, but but pretty it early on. It was about how depressed this man pretty, was yeah. with his spot in life. Yes, pretty early on. I forget who, which one of you guys said it, but one of you guys were like, oh, this movie's about depression. Yeah. Pretty, it's yeah. Poverty and depression, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how connected. this is a movie, but it's just me looking at it. It's just like, oh, that's life. Mm-hmm. That still, yeah, still for a, a lot of people out there, it's just it yeah. sucks. It's unfortunate. Yeah, you no, know, but yeah. like I was thinking about the, I don't know. The kid said something, and then he's like, "Why are you saying that? We don't live in the country." Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. That struck with me for some reason. Well, you just talk to his mom, like, or uh, the dad says it. Yeah, it calls her. Oh, Medea. Yeah, yeah. 
like, why are you saying that? We don't live in the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I think Medea. Of course, they have Tyler Perry's Medea, but yeah, Medea yeah. is like I don't know. I, I never knew it would be like a like an insult or something like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even know more. if it was an insult. Maybe it was just like I don't know a comparison, mm-hmm. or like it's maybe it's what kids in the country called their grandmother or their mother or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I remember like don't act like people who live mm-hmm. over there or something. Right. Out in the country or out in the yeah, boonies yeah, yeah. or out mm-hmm. in the whatever. What, yeah, we live in the city. We're city people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, yeah. A- any other overall thoughts? Keller, what'd you think? It was good. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. I think that I for wish me, it was easier to find. Yeah, no kidding. But at least Netflix had it. Netflix, DVD. DVD. Guys. DVD. Not streaming. <laughs> yeah. For this reason. <laughs> yep. It's Get worth it. Get the DVD. Get DVD through the mail. Mm-hmm. One, one disc at a time. It's all you need. It's worth it. Uh, glad it was on there. Um, this is a good movie, and I think that it took a, a, a little bit to adjust to what type of movie mm-hmm. it was when it started. There are definitely periods, parts in the movie that feel like they are meandering and boring, boring mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, where is this going? But then again, it's not sh- like a strict narrative that yeah. we're used to. And it there's is, like one point where the movie makes sure you know that's a thing on purpose like when mm-hmm. they're dancing and the music stops yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like see we're gonna sit here for a while because mm-hmm. now the music's over and the scene's still happening it's, uh, uh, that shot with them the, the stan and his wife dancing mm-hmm. it it was like a over but it's while you were watching him dance you could see like the mood of stan just slowly changing like he mm-hmm. at start he started holding his wife uh, and then through the course of the song his arms kept dropping mm-hmm. and you could see the depression just hitting his face and while she was, you know, trying to will him to, you know, get it on. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it's sad. Just that, yeah. just that static shot, just a simple shot of just, just looking at the two dancing and it, it just mm-hmm. tells the story right then and there. So and you said mm-hmm. the actor's still doing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main he actor, was great. the mm-hmm. main actor is a guy named, you, I, you got the depression <laughs> in those long shots. I yeah. know. Like he, he was doing a lot with his face. Yeah. Henry G. Sanders. Henry G. Sanders. Uh, it says he's probably best known for Killer of Sheep, which is a neo-realist film. Mm. But he's appeared extensively on television on shows like The Rockford Files, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, Knight Rider, Miami Vice, Cagney and Lacey, Married with Children, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, NYPD Blue, The Mentalist. So forever and Dude's been working since yeah. 1970. Wow. And just to, in, 20, in 2019, he's in the show 911. In, oh, nice. In 2017, he was in the movie Roman J. Israel Esquire. In 2016, he was in the show Queen Sugar. Guy's been working. He mm. was in the movie Selma, uh, the um, the uh, Ava DuVernay film. He mm-hmm. was in Whiplash in the movie. So, or in 2014's Whiplash. Is that the movie Whiplash? Yeah, right? Yeah, he was in that. So this dude's been working forever. And it's he does have this like indie actor feel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody in the movie does because it's like a lot of them are probably not uh, actors. They're, yeah. they're very amateur. Yeah, we're getting a actors, lot of looks straight in the camera, but I'm not yeah, mad about yeah. it. Yeah, that stuff was it endearing. Was charming. It was yeah, <laughs> oh, really charming. Oh, a lot of adorable mm-hmm. children yeah. in this movie. I expected Just more. Around. <laughs> I expected more of a sightseeing around L.A. Right, but it was it was mostly mainly in mostly in Watts. California. Watts is the is the area. But also, in Los when you're poor, you don't get out of your neighborhood. Yeah, no that, oh, that's a good that's a good point. Right? No kidding. That is a good point. Like you yeah. don't leave the mm-hmm. however many mm-hmm. blocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And even it was, when you live in Los Angeles, yeah, it was you go home, and he would come home, or he yeah. would go to work, come home, 
and just be at home and work on stuff at the house or be with his family. And it was rough. Yeah. You know? And like, he would still like, there were moments where I don't know, like he didn't want to talk to his wife or something mm-hmm. or like they were having an argument, but it like still shows him like having a moment with his daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where he seems yeah. happy. Yeah. He seems happy. Yeah. You know, there's she, little glimpses of happiness mm-hmm. in him. I think he, uh, I don't know if she was willing him to just, no, she wanted him to go because he was a Saturday the next day, mm-hmm. he, and she wanted him to you know go out and enjoy the day with the family. And of course, he didn't want to uh, due to whatever obligations on top of depression. And it just, but that shot that you mentioned of him just sitting with his daughter and and the wife looking on, it was just simple stuff like that. It just yeah. tells a story. Right it's been powerful. There. It's so great. sad. Yeah. It's also so just how helpful that daughter was. Yeah. I noticed mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. she picked up all the dishes mm-hmm. and she came over, started rubbing her dad's shoulders mm-hmm. and his temples. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That little kid. I don't, I know that, it, again, this movie and this type of movie, they're not going to like spell stuff out for you. But I was seeing how the little girl in the film was being affected by her parents' relationship and by her dad's depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was blown away because I'm like, is this in, is this, purposeful is this part of a script mm. you know what i mean or is the director just saying hey so go over here and go when you're when you're done uh, like like you just said keller she's helpful because she's picking up these dishes insert yourself into these tense moments to yeah. seem helpful is what like i guess like how do you direct a little kid actor to do or maybe it's just as simple as just what this like just stage tell, direction tell, is. tell her what to do yeah. and, and then, then you get that feeling because yeah. of how the adult actors are, or you know, their facial expressions. Cause like, cause I get I, the kid like trying to be like, I don't know the tension breaker in a tense household. Uh, yeah. That was Good my role. God. Yeah. That was my role growing up. Sucks. Um, but I also, that, oh, man. that, that scene, <laughs> right. Is, right. As an older sibling, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. The oldest sibling yeah. you're in charge of making, well, she was even the younger sibling. I know. But, but the, I, the, I want to point out too the scene where like, I thought it was interesting that, her older brother, when they were having like food, just got up and left when he was done. And then her, the little girl, picked up his plates and her yeah. plates. And I was like, ooh, is she being sort of like conditioned to do like housework stuff? Like, I think so, because with right? the doll thing too, yeah. she's taking care of a child, which obviously is not a real child, but right, she's, right. you know, doing like the mother thing already. Yeah. Oh, little girls man. play house and mom and, you know. They and train you like that. They sell they those dolls you, to dude. those kids. Oh, they train man. you, dude. And they train boys to do different stuff too. But yeah, I thought that that was really interesting. Throw rocks. Throw rocks. <laughs> yeah. So they could work. I was at trained a, as a boy yeah. to throw rocks. So uh, I want to work at this rock quarry, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to work here, and please. Kill sheep. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I was expecting more of Los Angeles, but the movie ended up really surprising me in being about depression mm. without explicitly stating it. it or never... just like other movies we've seen that are like student films, mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. on this podcast, mm-hmm. this does not feel like it no, at it all other than maybe just the amateur level of some of the yeah. actors. Right. It feels like it is a purposeful art piece. It feels like yeah. it is a, it knows exactly a, what it's a, doing, a, even though it's you know, meandering yeah. the whole time. An Italian inspired, whatever, whatever. And even though a lot of those critics who are making those comparisons, I feel like even if I wasn't aware of, which I'm really not that familiar with. I don't with. know anything about Italian old film. Italian or French movies. This movie still feels like it is American and it still feels like it is um like something that is about the experience of being lower class, of being poor, of living in poverty, uh of being black, yeah. of living in the 70s. All of that wrapped in one without necessarily 
like forcing it. I'm saying it felt very, very organic and natural. It didn't feel like, okay. It's I'll, not saying any of those things. It never cor- mentions any correct, of those things. Correct. It's like, hey, I need, I need to scrounge $15 to get this shitty engine out of this guy's mm-hmm. living room because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's... Man, I just, I'm just, just like, saying like it, I fucking get that. Mm. Yeah. It feels also <laughs> like so if, if the director was going around and, and sort of telling people or, or his actors or his friends or whoever was helping him make this movie, this film that if he pitched it, I, I feel as though people would, wouldn't necessarily go if he's like, okay, so this is what I'm doing on the weekends. I'm shooting this movie. Yeah. It's about this guy, Stan, and this is what he's going through. And I'm just kind of shooting stuff. And this is our actor. And it's just very natural that people that he's telling this to are not going to go, Oh, like Italian neoclassical film. Like they're going to be like, no, yeah, makes sense. Do you know what I mean? It, you don't need to even yeah. have that sort of influence to feel. You know, all of he, the, he, yeah, he's not. He wasn't like, here's what I'm shooting for. No, exactly. Well, maybe he was. He was in fucking film school yeah. at UCLA, he didn't have to tell so anybody. he probably had seen all of that. I'm sure, right? and and I think he was citing a lot of yeah. those influences. But I'm saying that the end product doesn't require that context. Oh no, for you to I feel have what the movie's yeah. about. Very little of it. And yeah. There you go. Damn. Um, was there anything, Naeem, that stood out to you? I know you mentioned like some of the similarities that we had with growing up, getting punished by parents, <laughs> uh, you know, playing outside, all of the all of the stuff that we all kind of had in common. Here's something we don't have in common. My family's from Mexico, so I can speak about what it's like to be a Mexican immigrant growing up. Keller's white. His family is from Texas and various other places, I'm sure. Uh, was there anything in the film that stood out to you that was that felt like it was authentic or specific to being black in the United States in the seventies or now? Um, all of it. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. just, 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 just a, yeah, all of it. Uh, I, I was fortunate enough growing up to not be in poverty. I, I was yeah. in the, I guess, middle-class. Well, now they have lower middle-class, whatever. I, I was, mm-hmm. I was fine. I was in a better situation than what was portrayed in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, the kid being punished for one, that's something that, that threw me back. The, uh, Again, the going to church thing mm-hmm. with uh, the friend acts and stand, hey, you going to church to mm-hmm. you know, fix whatever you're dealing with? <laughs> that is a, a big thing that uh, I've grown up around. Yeah. Um, the, well, there was my nothing. dad was a Baptist pastor, and that was the thing. My, my was granddad was a Baptist pastor. You praying pastor. enough? Yeah. 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 You praying yeah. enough? How's your, uh, you when's the last time you read the Bible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When's the last time you went to church? Yeah. Wow. Are you right with God? Yeah. 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 I would, I would, that get, was therapy. We, mm-hmm. it, would, it would be considered a weakness if you talk to your parents, especially your dad, like, hey, you, I, and maybe I need to go see somebody like a therapist. And I'm like, yeah. therapist, you need yeah. to go to church instead, not the therapist. Here's, That's here's, too much money, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. That would be a yeah. sign of weakness. And, yeah. And even, even uh, telling your emotions or sharing your emotions with uh, men is mm-hmm. considered a weakness. And mm-hmm. that it's still a big di- deal today that a lot of uh, people deal with mm-hmm. you know, that sure. have trouble with it. So, yeah, just there, what they touched on was just little things that I am partially still going through or seeing mm-hmm. in the community nowadays. It's just, yeah, it was sad to watch that film. Yeah. Like, just a lot of throwbacks, man. We're going to have to put you on a happy movie. Next. <laughs> yeah, okay. definitely. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have you pick a real, real happy one uh, next go around. So, um, yeah, uh, I would also say highly recommend the movie. I think that it is absolutely worth watching, but it is that thing where you got to put yourself in the right headspace, not just for the, for the, for the style of the movie, mm. but the subject matter. But also, I wasn't in the right headspace when this movie started. No. And I fucking loved this movie. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. <laughs> oh, it was a I great was film. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I yeah. slept till fucking noon today. And it's like <laughs> yeah. we're watching a movie at one, and it's like that was that's where I that was my headspace. <laughs> that's right, and that's it right. was so good. Yeah, um, definitely worth watching. I don't know how many more times I'm gonna watch it in my life, hmm. just because it is like it's I probably, think it can be pretty heavy, pretty heavy it's, yeah. you know. But, but now I'd like now that I've finished it, I'd like yeah. to. So I would really give this. I'll definitely give this one. I would definitely give this one yeah. more watch. It's not a long film either. So you no, can just no it's like it. an hour twenty. Yeah. and I. It doesn't feel like it's short either. Yeah, yeah. it feels really it takes like, its time. It takes mm. its time with scenes. Yeah, which is mind blowing to me. I'm well, so well. Some to, scenes almost even seem like they're there for no reason. Like mm-hmm. we're just gonna yeah. show these kids play for a while. Yeah. and now we're cutting back to. It's like it, it was even kids that weren't even in. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't. Stan's kids, yeah, mm-hmm. just some random kids. I'm so used to seeing mainstream movies that are so afraid to have that kind of pacing because they I, maybe they feel maybe audiences feel if there's scenes in a movie like that that audiences would get bored mm-hmm. or that oh the movie's gonna be three hours long. It's like no, that was an hour twenty, yeah, and it still had these really beautiful take your time scenes yeah. to let stuff land. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we need more of, man. Did you guys see Florida Project? I haven't no, yet. Is is okay. I bet it's very similar. Yeah, it is very similar. Mm-hmm. It's about like this little girl whose mom is in like basically kind of fucked up because of poverty and mm-hmm. her situation yeah. in Florida, but living down the street from Disney World. Uh. Like Willem Dafoe works at this or manages this hotel, and it is kind of like this slice of life. We're going to show these kids play for a while, and then yeah. we're going to show how fucked up the situation actually is. But mm-hmm. we're going to show these kids play for a while because ki- all these kids are making. The best out of their situation, mm-hmm. and just having fun, mm-hmm. like uh, that yeah. song's playing. That song was playing. That's like there's going to be playgrounds where kids of all colors are playing, mm-hmm. and that song's playing while the kids are like throwing fucking beams that are holding yeah. buildings off into <laughs> other rubble and like jumping <laughs> off of stuff. Sheep? Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was yeah, yeah, man, that's true. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I love Willem Dafoe in most everything that he's in. Togo was great. Mm. That dog sledding movie was great. The but Lighthouse I is great. I, I was about uh, to say The Lighthouse. Yeah. I haven't he's seen fucking, it yet. I yeah. could watch Willem Dafoe yeah. scream monologues yeah. <laughs> in an old sea man voice forever. Yeah. The film is trippy. It yeah. really oh is. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've, I also heard that Florida Project does a really good job of portraying that sort of economic disparity between, you know. And also yeah. just how kids make the best kids of make any best situation. Of mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff in Killer Sheep where I was like, that honestly does not look like it's um, uh, like a bad time. It looks fun. Those mm-hmm. kids playing around in the dirt, running around. Guys, and, you I know, fucking rocks. love throwing rocks <laughs> yeah. at other people. Like, how do you explain I've to your I've taken parents? that love, yeah. that childhood love. I've brought that with me yeah. <laughs> into my adulthood. So exactly. love it. I'm just, I'm curious how he would have, you know. He would get the children to play on the film, and then he would just watch them throwing rocks at each other. Mm-hmm. Then have to explain to their parents, like, yeah. "Hey, uh, I didn't do any of this. They right. did it to yourself. They threw rocks at each I other." I gave your son the camera. I didn't do any of this. <laughs> I said, "I'm going to come back in 15 minutes. I can't be a part of this, but get something good for me, please." Here's how the camera works. I just get something good. I'm for really me. curious about that too, because all those actors, kids and adults, were all like. Or Probably. kids fucking jumping from apartment building to it, but that is dangerous yeah. as hell. Or that they just showed so many sheep get yeah. slaughtered in this movie. Mm. They did. There was no like because he works at a slaughterhouse. All mm-hmm. animals were say. harmed in the making mm-hmm. of this film, mm-hmm. and it was filmed at an actual meat co. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, he was the killer of sheep. 
At first, I thought Killer Sheep was going to be like, oh, he, he's so depressed. Not he a has, metaphor, no. He has but insomnia. it also was yeah. a metaphor at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It was and wasn't. Yeah, but I, I'm curious about like if you're making an amateur film or like an indie movie at that level and you're just putting regular people in it, do you just tell them, hey, do you want to be in a movie? Mm-hmm. Can you just sign this piece of paper that says, okay. And it's like... I, I, or also I, maybe you know, he, knew, <laughs> he knew a bunch of... People, people who were in the movie. Yeah, I'm sure a bunch of them were just like friends and family, yeah. and associates and stuff. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. That's cool. All right, Naeem, you just mentioned how Lighthouse was trippy. <laughs> you just mentioned what else how, is trippy? How uh, I mean, we were talking about other movies that you'd seen uh, earlier. You've seen um, you saw Knives, Knives out. out. Knives Out, yes. You really like that. Yep. Uh, you've seen Cats. <laughs> you might go see Bad Boys for Life later. Yes. Naeem, now's a point in the show where we get to ask you. What do you like? To contribute. What do you like? But also to contribute any one movie in the world to our brand new list of uh, 500 greatest movies of all time that we have been compiling. Do you have one already picked or do you need to kind of talk through I it? I had one picked. Now I'm going back and forth with another mm. one. Mm. Oh, damn, oh, damn. Which I'm a big fan of just animated films. Yes. yes. And the one I'm going back and forth on is my original pick was Batman Return of, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Ooh. That was my original one. Then Ooh. I was like, well... Spider Verse just came out recently. Good news! It's already Good on news. the list. Oh, it is. Someone's Spider-verse. already picked Spider Verse. Okay, I, I figured. That I figured somebody was gonna pick that. Augustine Rios. Oh, great! Augie, my bad, my boy. Augie, Augie <laughs> is your guy. He came Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah. When he came over to watch uh, the Cat Concerto, okay. yeah, the so, Tom and Jerry short, uh-huh. which is on the list. That was really that was really fun. So he picked Spider Verse. Um, so. Talk to us about why Spider-Verse was a runner-up. Even if it's already on the list, just tell us why it's so great. Uh, everything? Yeah. Okay, it pretty much sums it up. Yeah, there's nothing bad about it. There's nothing bad about Think about all. all zero flaws. Yeah. Can't do it. It was like probably one of the most recent films that didn't have that much any flaws to me, mm-hmm. personally. No. Yeah, and, and oh, man. And also, like, one of the few movies recently that blew me away mm-hmm. and like wanted to go see immediately again yes right yeah. after yeah yeah I, I, I guess another film that was like that was black panther that came out last for sure year. yeah but oh is that a runner-up i don't think anybody's picked black oh panther man now yet. you're making it hard oh no <laughs> look at the list oh no i'll double check but I, also i do like that you want to pick an animated film yeah yes but black panther man Someone might have I, i've seen black that panther. film in theaters 10 times. Not yet. What? Yeah. 10 times? I went to... Damn. Is that the most you've ever seen a movie in theater? Yes. Somebody picked uh, Black Dynamite, but not Black Panther. Oh, okay, okay. Which is also really good. But uh, 10 times in theaters, dude? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Black Panther. What is it about that movie that that made such an impact on you? Seeing an African-American... Well, not he's not not American, but Mm -hmm. seeing someone like us that looks like us Mm -hmm. being the forefront... Of movie as well as bringing a whole nas- uh, nation yeah. to the forefront and just bringing that culture and just uh, just seeing it live now in I don't, I, uh, <laughs> it's, I was just blowing my mind again just seeing that culture in in, in a multi million dollar film and yeah, it just that living scale. in that yeah at that scale yeah uh, I I know that uh, I've in the news recently Akon music artist i don't know he's mm-hmm. a producer or whatever he's making a whole his own city out there in africa what uh, has his own income i forgot what they call what? it you can look it up it's it's, it's crazy how they're oh doing my it god but uh if at some point 
we have our own actual Wakanda. Yes, yes, that that's, is amazing. That, that's what that people incredible. are saying. I don't know if it's finished yet, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's been in the works or in the news for a while now. Is there but, a name for the city that they go to in Wakanda? Because Wakanda is a country, right? Right. right yeah. Wakanda is the nation. And is I feel there like that this, city. The capital? Oh, shit. Do you I'm know? sure I could look it up. Hector, I thought I'm you knew this. Right now. I think that like. Here's what I do know about Marvel Comics and Black Panther in the comic books is mm. that all the major cities are named after the previous um, Black Panther kings. As it, So like yes. T'Chaka would have a city. Oh, okay. And like T'Chaka's father or grandfather, so on and so forth, okay, would like have cool. cities and stuff named after. You don't so have to look it up. I'm going to, because now I'm <laughs> curious. <laughs> oh my go. gosh. Here we go. Let's see. Let's I think see. it might be Golden City is what it's called. The Golden City. Here's Wakanda. They got the origin. There's the theft of the vibranium. Oh my gosh! Let's see here. Yeah, we have their chief resources. Uh huh. Uh huh. Main export. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Vibranium mine. What's the capital? I'm trying to look it up. Don't worry about it. Why else do you love that movie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is Batman: Return of the Joker going to Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker going to be your pick? Or is it going to be Black Panther now? I I really don't know. It can't be any movie ever made. I have to like now. I have to compare both the pros and cons of that move. Those two movies. And also, I don't want. I'm not trying to influence your decision. Black Panther is going to get picked by somebody else. (laughs) And also, you're going to come back next year, and you can pick Black Panther then. Yes. Yes. Or Batman Beyond. Or Batman Beyond. So it's up to you. Return of the Joker. You have to say the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. Return of the Joker. Because earlier I said Batman Return of the Joker. Nobody was going to know what I was talking about. Man. Man, I'm trying to look up That's the t- capital here. It's tough. Oh, man. It's tough. I even, I was going to even say at first, before I even came to the decision of Batman, uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, it would be Batman Mask of the Phantasm. But mm, I personally, too. this is my opinion, I think Return of the Joker is a better movie. Whoa. I, I, Whoa. I'm not saying that they're, they're, uh, Mask of the Phantasm is a bad God movie. Damn, right. Nowhere near is a bad movie. I just, re- I just love Return of the Joker a little bit better. What? <laughs> What for you puts Return of the Joker over Mask of the Phantasm? And also, I just want to clarify this too. I know we've been asking our guests to pick movies. We're all talking about movies, right? The 500 greatest movies of all movies, time. Films. Mm-hmm. Batman Beyond Return of the Joker is direct-to-video, but I believe it still technically may have premiered in a theater at one point. We're shown in a theater. Can, I'm counting it's it. It's fine. It's a film. <laughs> I don't think Tremors it. was in theaters. Because now the I first think that Tremors, was made for TV. No, I think Tremors was a the- theatrical. I think Tremors I thought it was like three. a sci-fi original. You know? <laughs> well, I think it was real. Okay. The point is, is that it was Shia LaBeouf or no? No, Tremors was... Um, I'm thinking Bacon. holes. Never mind. Sorry. Thinking I'm thinking of holes. Yeah. Same Similar. thing. <laughs> Same thing. There's a lot of giant worms. Yeah, <laughs> holes, yeah. Uh, but, we're, you know, everything now in media is blending. What's Is, mm. is Netflix movies movies? I say yeah. You is know what Netflix I mean? movies, yeah. movies movies? Yeah, yeah. Martin Scorsese yeah. made it and it's three and a half hours yeah. long. It's a fucking movie. It's a movie. Mm. The, the capital city is called Golden City and it is also known as uh, Bernin Zana. Mm-hmm. And it is the capital of the city of the kingdom of Wakanda. You found it. That's dope. Thank you. At, at least in the MCU, and it might be different in comic books, but I went right to the MCU. That's wiki. what I. That's that's what I was asking. So why Return of the Joker over Mask of the Phantasm? Um, I've never seen Mask of the Phantasm, dude. It's good. I got it on Blu-ray. Oh, man. It's you good, and it. it's worth seeing it in, in uh, theater. Yeah, and a lot of people say it's the best Batman film, and, and it might be. Because oh, it, because no, it no. goes into Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, Mask of the Phantasm is about him deciding, do I want to keep being Batman or do I want to retire and be with this woman and ask her to marry me and have a family and, you know, and, and go from there. Um, that's basically what the movie's 
about and mm. he has to deal with this new character called the phantasm and yeah. the jokers in it and it's awesome but it's like a bruce wayne character study and batman movies up to that point were more about like here's jack nicholson as the joker oh now here's danny devito as the penguin and michelle pfeiffer as the cat you know and that's and that's what those movies kind of focused on and then here comes mask of the phantasm and it's bruce wayne return of the joker is what makes terry mcginnis different Mm-hmm. Than Bruce Wayne as Batman. What are their strengths and weaknesses? Because how would Terry deal with the Joker if he were to return? And guess what he does? He deals with them. He in deals a, with in them. a sense, yes. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. I yeah. mean, it's Tim Drake. Let's yes. just let's just spoil it. It's Robin <laughs> Tim Drake, but he had that little chip, and yeah, it's yeah. got Joker DNA, and then Joker takes over yeah. him. So it's like guys, a Joker. Palpatine's alive <laughs> somehow. Guys, the dead speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, Return of the Joker for you is? Would you say Batman Beyond is your Batman, or are you still like a Batman the animated series guy? I'm still an animated series guy. Okay, but cool. the Batman Beyond series was still great. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched it recently again um, on a DC uh, app. I believe yeah. I have it on it. Yeah, DC Universe. Yeah, um, just just watching the evolution of Terry McGinnis, where he started out as like a cocky, oh, I'm Batman. You mm-hmm. know, I could stop anybody. And then he happened to deal with such a crazy tyrant like Joker. He'd be like, oh, wait, you know, hold on, <laughs> let me let me reassess and uh, deal with it correctly. And then by the end of the film, he's like, all right, now I know how to deal with Joker my own way. Mm-hmm. Not. Also taken in uh, effect of how you know Bruce Wayne dealt with him, but he because he's his own person, uh, Terry McGinnis, he can deal with Joker a certain way to you know alleviate him. Absolutely. So I I, I like that film a lot, especially because <laughs> I'm a big sci-fi nerd, and yeah. that being in the future, I always cool. love that. So it's like it's like Blade Runner meets yeah, Batman. Exactly. That yeah. shit's dope. So yeah. you're a big sci-fi guy. You're a big superhero guy because mm-hmm. your your top three picks are Spider Verse, Batman Beyond, and Black yeah. Panther. Yeah. So if you could try and, like, I mean, it's tough, try again in a sentence or two, sum up why, what puts Black Panther above all these other sort of superhero movies? What is it about that? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like it's just, like you're saying, it's it's all these, it's everything. It's the first yeah. of its ever. It, absolutely. Yes. And it's all these different pieces coming together. Right. Because Black Panther could have come out. And it's fucking rad as hell. Yeah. yeah. It could have yeah. come out and it could have been just mediocre. <laughs> And it still would be cool yeah. that there's a Black Panther movie, a part of the... But the fact that it's came out and it's so good. And you know what it is that for me that really puts it over? It's Killmonger. Yeah, Killmonger. Or Killmonger's Killmonger. motivation and yes. how complex it is. Yes. Like Ryan Coogler fucking is like, he mm-hmm. made a yeah. Black Panther movie. Yeah, he made mm-hmm. a villain that people were like at first were like, oh, well, he's kind of right on mm-hmm. certain things. But at the end, it was like, all right, he's, he's a pretty fucked he up needs person. To, <laughs> yeah, he's a bad guy. Again, needs to go to therapy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he does. Which... Michael B. Doran talks about going to therapy afterward because he, he, yeah, it, it's crazy. I was listening to some interview, I think it was GQ or whatever, and uh, he talked about having to go in a certain element trying to uh, act as this character of something that he's not. Was and Killmonger then, going to church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Was he right with God? That yeah, was yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but he had to like go to therapy afterwards because he was wow. such a dark character. He was like, oh, this put me in a certain place where I don't want to be around people and whatnot. Whoa. And he had to re-evalu- reevaluate himself to get back to a point where he was, you know, normal, I guess. I love, I'm, I'm so happy for Michael B. Jordan. First yeah. of all, he's an incredible actor. But yeah. the fact that he did that makes mm-hmm. me happy because I'm like, good, man, go get good. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't let mm-hmm. that stuff affect you negatively like that's crazy to me yeah i think that black panther is so special because the original concept of black panther and i feel like we've talked about this before and we've Mm -hmm. had this conversation created by two jewish guys in new york stanley jack kirby it's a beautiful idea but there's also something kind of inherently other about the concept Mm -hmm. right which is 
Stan Lee going, I want to introduce a black superhero in the Fantastic Four, the most popular comic book. And that's great. That's great. But he couldn't be American. Yeah. He had to be from the nation of Wakanda that right. you've never heard of. And it's in Africa. It's far away. Don't worry. It's this, this, this character who I'm saying is smarter than Reed Richards, smarter than Tony Stark. He's not American. Don't worry about it because we know we, Tony Stark's the best. You know, like it's it's this interesting like, and it had to be a fictional country, mm-hmm. right? That they had that Marvel had to create this entire alternate history of like, what if there was a, a country that could be technologically advanced? And it kind of sets the rest of how like Western audiences view the continent of Africa kind of in a negative light. Like it, yeah. it kind of reinforces some of those like beliefs and stereotypes. Generalized. The Generalizations, right? country. Exactly. The big, yeah, the biggest continent. Uh, is it the biggest continent? I mean, no, that's Asia. continent. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm a smart. <laughs> <laughs> so Black Panthers, uh, the movie and, and, the, and the producers and stuff, their solution was let's bring in Ryan Coogler. And Ryan Coogler's take was, the only way I can really like justify this concept mm-hmm. is I'm going to question it. And the way I'm going to question it is with the bad guy character. And he'll be wrong because he's a murderer. Yeah. But he'll also be right. Yeah. Because he's telling Wakanda, why didn't you help anybody else mm-hmm. if you had all of this power? You let slavery happen and you let colonization happen, all this other stuff. And so to me, it just strengthens the whole concept. Because imagine if Black Panther came out. And it wasn't directed by Kugler. It's directed by somebody else, maybe a Guy white. Ritchie. Guy Ritchie, right? <laughs> Just crushing it. Because when I think story about brown people, like Aladdin, I think mm-hmm. you got to get Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I did. think Snatch. I think Snatch. Mm-hmm. So imagine, <laughs> like, no matter the ethnicity, the race of the director, let's say, you know, man, woman, doesn't matter the gender, doesn't matter the, let's just say a director, but they didn't do Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And they just did a classic Black Panther story where it's Black Panther versus Claw. Yeah. The movie would have come out and it would have been fine. Yeah. But the movie would have come out, and I think a lot of people, and especially like black voices in film criticism, would have looked at it and been like, huh, okay, why does Wakanda exist if they never helped? You know, like they would have been just asking the same questions that Killmonger did. Yeah. So it's almost like this um, Eminem 8 Mile thing, where Eminem at the end of that movie, right, makes fun of himself so that uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, Anthony Mackie can't, can't, can't <laughs> yeah. do anything. Yeah. So that's Marvel doing it to themselves right. to be like, hey, before you say anything about this concept, Brian Coogler agrees. Here's his critique of it, but right. also here's why T'Challa is a hero. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, they step into the spotlight, you know, and it's and it's also it's this beautiful open ended ending. And it's yeah. great. Um, and poor Okoye was like, I was thinking more like a Starbucks, <laughs> maybe the Olympics, <laughs> not the Avengers or whatever. So um, that's what I think makes that movie really, really special. Yeah. That's my number one now. That's your number one yeah, now? We did it. That, I, that has Whoa. to be my number one now. Okay, I all right. After Hector gave his thesis on it. I, well, after going back and forth in my head, I was like, yeah, I've seen this film how many times? Like, Ten plus times. And you've seen it here in 3D, right? Have I had, I've had you over to do it in 3D? No, well, we, nice. well wait, wait, wait. when we when I came over for what it was like a thanks not Thanksgiving it was like a dinner at the sure. old place sure 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 and you, you put on Black Panther at the first but, but, but we, we never just watched it. like a part of yes it. yeah that's right yeah oh man but I'm always down to watch it again I've, I've never oh. seen it in full in 3D so. oh my god yeah you have to see the end of that <laughs> movie in 3D it's pretty good because some of that wonky CG at the end that they obviously were like mm, we it's ran out of money made better yeah. by the we 3D ha- yeah the 3D yeah. just enhances it because you because it you know it just helps sell the illusion a little mm-hmm. bit yeah because you could tell they were like we got to start spending some money on Infinity War. Infinity War is a big deal. We got to do that. Uh, yeah, so Killmonger and um, T'Challa at the end of it were just like the CG, oof, 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 you know. Well, I'm wondering now, I, they still had a high budget, but I'm yeah. wondering if 
the execs totally, at Disney. Totally. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> I know I'm about wondering to say. If, Truly, if they knew what no they had, what they would have pushed more money into Cause, it. Because check this out. You've got, let's take, for example, this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got three movies releasing this year. Mm-hmm. You have um, Captain Marvel. That's this year? 2019. Last Not, year. I'm talking 2019. Oh, okay. Sorry, but also, what single, yeah. what single movie of theirs that isn't like, what single character movie of theirs mm-hmm. has done that? Like, Black Panther was in theaters for a year. Oh, or amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, None of could, their other movies. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Nobody's, no, you know, nothing against Doctor Strange. Like, that's a cool movie. I enjoy it. But, yeah. like, people were not going back to see Doctor Strange fifth, sixth, seventh. Exactly. Like, right. Ten that wasn't happening. times. Yeah. But imagine you are I think a, I saw it three times in theaters. A Marvel or Disney executive, and somebody asks you, hey, what's going to be the, our biggest movie this year? And you've got Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, or Spider-Man Far From Home. Which of those three are you picking? Avengers Endgame. It's Avengers Endgame. That's Obviously. the biggest one. Yeah. So 2018, they had Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And if you got to make a choice to be like, hey, we have to allocate some resources here. Which one of, you know, which one of those? It's going to be Ant-Man. The, no, it's not yeah. Ant-Man. The Microverse. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. <laughs> it's Thanos. It's Infinity yeah. War. But I, I think that they were pleasantly surprised at how successful it was. Yeah. I think that they did think it was a good movie. But I think that even they were surprised at like straight up ah, word of mouth, dude. People like, oh, you need to see this. You need to see this movie. So then, if Black Panther's your pick, and that is a solid pick, yeah. solid pick. Uh, try again to um, to sort of maybe for the next person, if somebody's listening, or even for yourself, and when you come back next year, uh, one last time, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Why is that a dope movie as well? Well, depends on what I've seen. In the, cor- the course of from now till next year. Oh, so Batman, it might not even be Batman it might not Beyond. Even be there, so. Man, Batman Beyond was on the list for a little bit, yes. and then I took it off. I, I, it, it's still one of my favorite animated films of all time. Yeah, but, it's really uh, great. It's hard to go against that the more I think about it than but against we Black got, Panther. We got Spider-Verse on yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, but we are I always looking for more animation representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, good animated Is Iron Giant on there by chance? Okay. Just make sure. Okay. Here's what's crazy. Tell us how the first four rank will work. So... Iron Giant is not on this list. It's not in the top five of the greatest films of all time. Insane. Neither Bonkers. is Hot Rod. Neither is. <laughs> okay, that I understand. But uh, but Keller and I, we each have a different favorite movie ever, and neither of our favorite movies, Keller's is Empire of the Sun, directed by Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. are not on the original list. Okay. So when we started the podcast, Keller and I did the first four episodes by ourselves. We okay. just watched the movies and then re-recorded. So then when we went back and started asking our guests, hey, give us another movie to add to this new list. Since Keller and I did the first four ourselves, we let ourselves pick a couple movies to begin with. So it was uh, my pick first. I picked The Iron Giant. Okay. Keller picked Empire of the Sun. Then I picked Jurassic Park. Then Keller picked Hot Rod. Okay. So those four were the <laughs> first four that were, were in our new list. Yeah, so nobody ever has to pick those movies. Yeah, we got it. We got it. But now <laughs> nobody has to pick of. Black Panther because you it picked is it. Nuts yeah. That there's yeah. people on this podcast that have more picks than we do now. Yeah, that's true. There'd be people that have been on this thing three times. Yeah, Chelsea now has more picks than us. Wow. That's crazy. Well, we each had two. It was nice while it lasted. It was nice while it lasted. We can, I guess maybe I secretly oh. like influence name to pick Black Panther with how much When I we get to the that. last one for The Godfather, yeah. me and you are going to have to agree on a movie <laughs> to be the final movie. All right. I'll give Let's you start that. thinking about it now, I guess. We I, have hope there's, I hope there's a good seven years. I hope there's a good movie that's released in 2029. It would be awesome to pick yeah. a 2029 uh, Yeah, film. it's going to be cool that 
we're going to be able to be, still see movies it's in be 2029. An inconvenient reality. <laughs> the documentary of just outside. We're fucked. Harrowing. Harrowing. <laughs> That's what it's going to pick. Oh, uh, Naeem, you're an amazing artist. You're a fantastic friend. Digital artist. <laughs> friend. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> where can people follow you and your work on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Naeem B. Stewart. You can also, I don't know if I could uh, shout out more stuff. Than Whatever you want. Okay. Go for it. Uh, I'm on a podcast, Mass Effect podcast, uh, yep. doing a, a tabletop D&D-esque not a really well, it's a show I guess yeah. Yeah, it's a show uh, it's an RPG show yes. you listen uh, to it it's a show yeah, it's, and yeah. you're wearing a Mass Effect sweatshirt right now yes exactly it's I didn't all one I asked what it was you <laughs> <laughs> told me what it was Guys, Mass Effect uh, I'm willing to share my ignorance <laughs> <laughs> it's a GM by our friend Bert yep. Bert Jennings uh, a couple of friends Matt uh, Emily mm-hmm. Tanea a uh, good friend of mine Evan um, and where could people follow that and on keep up with it Spotify iTunes everywhere. Cool. just search it up Mass Effect Ad- Adventum you can find us there on another I'm on another podcast with Matt and Emily talking about video games. Cool. Uh, yeah. What's that one called? Oh, uh, Hit Points. Hit, hit points. points. Yeah. Beautiful. You can find nice. that on Spotify and uh, iTunes. And again, that Hit Points team uh, just did a trailer reaction for Super Nintendo Land yeah. at Universal. Does that look cool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, just kidding. Go watch it. It's all going to be VR, the, uh, right? Well, Some yes and no. I mean, yeah. it has a mix of both. So. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm I just terrified. want them to make a great Mario movie again. Again, I didn't you have a perfect t- pitch I, for it. Don't we you, finally need <laughs> <laughs> another <laughs> perfect Mario movie. And, uh, yeah, no, no, uh, one good one. Yep, I'll take one good one because I didn't love Detective Pikachu. Could it ever be? As you good? didn't love? No, to, man. It's because Hector had his pitch in his brain, and it's like, but why didn't they make mine? Well, well just you, are you wanting to pitch a Pokemon movie, yeah, or you, don't want you want a Pokemon, Pokemon movie? Okay, well then that's yeah, it, yeah, it's it, fine. Yeah. I know, th- I know that I think about Pokemon way more than regular. Folks. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Thank you. We Naeem, love Pokemon. You're the best. So. <laughs> you're the best. Uh, Keller, what movie we're watching next week, and who's our guest going to be? Uh, <laughs> just pick up the magazine, dude. I don't know who our guest is going to be. Though. I know who our guest is going to be. I'll we are watching Night of the Living Dead, which we yes. watched last year. We did. We did. We watched it last year because we also watched Dawn of the Dead for the Dawn first of time. The dead. But now we're watching the original Night of the Living Dead, 1968. It's fucking great. Here's where it's available: Amazon Prime. Who are we watching it with? The Criterion Channel. Uh, our guest is going to be Sax Carr. Oh, nice! Everybody, Hell Sax, yeah. the chief, the chief. So it's on Amazon Prime, the Criterion it's Channel, be floating in here on a TV, Canopy, <laughs> Directv, Sci-Fi. It's on a ton of different places, and it's also on uh, Vudu and Roku with ads, so you can watch it there for free. I think mm. with la- like little ads in between. So it's a bunch of different places, uh, but it's on Amazon Prime and and Criterion. So check out the original Night of the Living Dead. And we're going to be back next week with our buddy Sax Carr talking about that black and white movie. We've had three black and white movies in a row. Oh, damn. Totally different. Totally different. That's crazy. All right. So let's see if Night of the Living Dead is going to top Killer of Sheik. Both kind of about race still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. damn. Yeah. That's pretty good. Greed was not really about race. No. That was not about that. It was about being... uh a de- bad dentist. Yeah, piece of shit, man. Piece of shit dentist. Um, Naeem, well, thank you again for joining us, dude. Thank you. Give it a watch. Thank you, all, thank you both for inviting me. I, I'm, I am in awe. Cause what? I, I I love movies, and I, I always wanted to be on this. Oh, every my t- gosh. Every time I see the, the tweets go out, I'm like, oh, maybe one day. Naeem, <laughs> hit us up. Yes. Hey, we're going to lock I'm not you like in. a person that like, I, I need to be on this podcast order. I'm never like that, but I, I'm yes, always you like, are. I want to be on 
man, you are our you friend. Are fucking so you need to be until it's over now. Yeah, you're gonna be pick on your next podcast. movie as soon as yeah. we stop so recording. Our our dumb policy is we try to have a different, wonderful guest on each week yeah, for the year. Which is great, yeah, right? Because yeah. we know so many cool and different people. So we're gonna have you back. We're gonna have you look at damn 2021 movies yeah. already. This 2020. Fuck. Why am I fast? This is going by fast. It's already five percent of the year done. Wow, that's what Adam Lavic cool. said. Yeah, math is cool. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, go follow Naeem on all of his stuff. Uh, also, go follow Turn Me Up Games. I think they have a Twitter presence. Probably, right? Maybe. Well, link uh, guys, it to your... Yeah, just, you'll find just it. Just Google it. You'll yeah. find it. Give it a Google. Turn it's Me Up worth Games. It's Google. Uh, go watch Night of the Living Dead. That's all your homework. Follow Naeem. Follow Turn Me Up Games. Follow all the stuff and in, in podcasts that he mentioned. Rate and review us five stars, please. Yes. 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 Do that. Please rate and review and we'll us five read stars. It. Yes. Go watch Night of the we'll Living Dead. We'll read it aloud. I did. I don't have pulled up right now, but next week we will do <laughs> we that. We will. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, next week, Monday, with that new ep. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.